Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you, and if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and You want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much In this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass Or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast. I'm excited. I'm always excited to have episodes where members and clients of my own get to come on and tell their story because it means that success happened most of the time Um, so it's always really encouraging um, and it's just such a nice time to like sit and look back and kind of debrief all that someone's been through from the beginning to the end so I want to welcome you today Um, well I want to welcome to all of you today 
my lovely friend, Kathleen Bjork. Hello, welcome. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for having me on today. Of course. Thank you for coming. Um, we had a session earlier today. We already spoke today. So the pleasantries get to get skipped, but um, yeah, we're just going to go over everything from start to finish. So I want you to introduce yourself a little bit, who you are, where you live, what you do. Um, and I would love for you to just kind of start sharing your journey from wherever you believe it begins. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, so my name is Kathleen and I live in Florida with my husband and I am 27 years old. I found out that I had HA probably about a year and a half ago, um, but I definitely had it longer than that and just didn't know. And that's something that's really going to tie into my story that I tell today. Uh, what I want to do for my story today is I really want to go like all the way back to the beginning and just kind of go back to where this all began, like even like all the precursors. And the reason I want to do that is because I really want to show to everyone and hopefully someone listening to this can relate to the fact that I, I like never thought that there was any problems, you know, with my body um, or the things that I was doing to my body. And the reason is because this was such like a gradual journey. And so I really want to just kind of tell that through my story today. Like I didn't just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to starve myself of food and exercise ridiculously and treat my body really mean. Like I, I had no idea I was doing those things. And the reason is because it was just such a gradual journey. So I'm going to kind of go back to the start and I want to say too that through this journey, I've really done so much reflection on myself and on like different things in my life that have impacted me and also like my mindset around a lot of things and where those things came from. And the funniest part of that to me is that I think the healthiest I've ever been, and when I say healthy, I mean like didn't give a thought about food, ate what I wanted, when I wanted, was happy as a clam, like didn't even have to think about anything health related, was like growing up and, and all throughout my teenage years. Um, I was someone who like literally never gave a thought to food growing up. I was a very healthy eater. And when I say healthy, I don't mean like healthy foods. I mean like a healthy relationship with food. Like I, as a kid and a teenager, just, I just literally didn't think about it. Like I, I ate what I wanted to, when I wanted to eat it, stopped when I was full and, and I was just happy. So that's really ironic to me is when I didn't think about any of these things is when like my body was responding perfectly. I had extremely healthy menstrual cycles growing up. Like I never had cramps or PMS or anything irregular. Everything was just great when I wasn't trying to control things. And that's the most ironic thing to me throughout this whole journey that I've learned. Um, so kind of going back to that, um, I was on this journey of just living my life. And when I was 16, I went on birth control. Um, so I was on birth control for about 10 years, and that's definitely going to tie into this story a lot um, because I think it masked a lot of things. And jumping onto that too, I think that that's something that's really crazy for me to think about because when I was 16, 
I remember just being put on birth control and the doctor like didn't tell me anything. It was just like, here's this pill and you're going to take it once a month. And when you take the different color pill, you're going to get your period and yeah, like be on your way. You know, there was just like no information at all about how it was going to affect my body or, or what it was going to do or, or even how it worked. Like I wasn't even told how it worked, um, which is just really interesting to me. So I think everything kind of started when I was 18 and I moved away to college. And when I went away to college, I really just went wild, to be honest. I was like binge drinking like crazy and like eating really unhealthy. And when I say unhealthy, I just mean like, I don't even know if like a fruit or a vegetable like touched my lips that whole year (laughs) when I went away. So just like, you know, not, not being respectful of my body, just like partying a lot. Um, and because of that, when I came home from my freshman year of college, I realized that I had gained some weight and that was really for the first time in my life when I was like, oh my gosh, I don't like how I look. And obviously like social media was really big at this time and I'm sure played a role into that. So that's when I really started to be like, oh, I'm going to start being healthy you know, that's kind of where it all began. Um, So I'm probably like 20 years old at this point. And I started getting into like weightlifting um, and eating healthier foods. And I I don't think that anything was bad at that time. I think for a couple years, I was like really on a positive track to where I was still like eating what I wanted when I wanted just incorporating, you know, weights into it and stuff still a really healthy fashion. And then I want to say when I was like 23 or so, I remember downloading my fitness pal and learning about calorie counting. And I feel like that's when it really, really got crazy for me because I'm a super type A personality. um, And I, I know a lot of women with HA can relate to this. And being type A is great in the sense that like, if you give me a goal or a task, I'm going to find a way to accomplish it. And so when my brain was telling me, oh, eat this amount of calories a day, like I was going to accomplish that goal, you know, no matter what it took. Um, Is it also okay if I say like calorie numbers and weight and stuff? Yeah. So it's, I mean, this is a nice, just little, Hey y'all, if you don't want to hear this bit, just skip ahead 30 seconds, but it can be really helpful information for people. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so back then I remember my fitness pal telling me like, Oh, for your height and size and how much you work out, you should be eating like 2000 calories a day, you know? And And nowadays, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how much I'm eating in HA recovery, but it's got to be like 3000 a day or more. I mean, so it's funny to me to look back and be like, oh, that's, you know, what I was supposed to be eating. So it kind of started there. Did that for a couple years. Still don't think I was like in a crazy unhealthy fashion, but then fast forward to 2020 and COVID hits. And I'm probably like 25 years old at this time. And I'm planning a wedding, which I think subconsciously played a role in that. And I didn't realize it at the time. Um, But COVID hits. And when gyms shut down, I go into, well, how am I still going to work out? Because I'm someone who just like loves to move my body. 
And I remember finding HIIT workouts, high intensity interval training on YouTube. And I got like super, super into those and just like went wild with HIIT training every day. And again, it was something I was really, really good at. So that's like a part of me that's been hard throughout HA because I feel like I found things that I was like really awesome at. Like, oh, I, I know how to eat X amount of calories and I know how to finish a really hard HIIT workout. And I would be like so proud of myself, not knowing how detrimental that was to me. And so I had kind of coupled with doing this super crazy um, HIIT workout like every day. Also with, I started restricting food at that time. Like I started, like, I remember I cut out gluten. Um, And when you do something like that, your calorie amount goes way down that you're eating in a day. And so that just kind of became my new normal, you know, like, I went from, oh, and I'm going to say calories again, but like, oh, like 2000 calories a day is my normal to all of a sudden I was like, oh, like, well, now I'm eating 1700 and now I'm eating 1500. And it got really extreme to where I went down to even like a thousand calories a day. And I was still doing these crazy hit workouts and weightlifting on top of that. But to me at the time, it just felt normal because I was so wrapped up in this like social media world and you go on social media and you know, the internet's a great place because it can give you all this information, but it's also really dangerous when it's not monitored. And so I, you know, I'm on the internet and I'm living in this world of, Oh, this extremely small amount of calories a day. And this extreme amount of exercise is quote normal. So I, I just thought that, that it was okay. Like I never once during that time looked at myself and said like, Oh, I'm starving my body or I'm like really pushing myself to limits. I shouldn't be. I I just, I just didn't realize it. Cause I think I was living in a world that the internet and social media, like normalized for that. And I say all of this because I look back and I'm like, that is the furthest thing from normal. You know what I mean? Like that, that was not okay to be in that space. Um, and something else to go along with all of this too, is you had a guest on your show, um, Kristen or Kirsten McDaniels, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Kirsten McDaniel. Okay. And she's awesome. She's like, she's mentors so many people now. It's great. Yeah. And I loved her episode and something she said really resonated with me that the most compliment she got was when she like lost a ton of weight. And and that was the world I was living in. And, and even today, that's just still so like mind blowing to me because at that time I, I lost like I don't even know how much weight in a really small amount of time, but it was like a really unhealthy amount. And I got really, really thin and I was just being praised like left and right by people, you know, like everyone I met, everyone I knew was like, oh my gosh, like, like I was that person, you know, like, oh, Kathleen's the healthy one. Kathleen's the thin one. Good for Kathleen. Look at her ordering that really small salad while we're all eating other stuff. Good for her for right uh, yeah I'm like I'm having tingles a little bit actually for a few things that you said and I think like that's really that's the crux for a lot of people in this journey is like 
but I was praised. What you're asking me to do is the opposite. And it's, it's actually fully shakes your belief system. It's like finding out, you know, that like God, like it's like losing faith, like your faith. It's like such a strong belief system. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, thank you. Because it's true and it's really sad, honestly, because I was, I was just getting praise left and right by everyone by, oh my gosh, you look so amazing. You look so good. And like looking back, all these signs were there to me that I just didn't see, you know, like I remember, like I said, I was planning my wedding. So I remember going and having to get my ring resized because I had gone down like three ring sizes, which is not okay for the size of my body. And I remember going and like the people at the jewelry store looking at me and being like, that's a really big like difference in a couple months. And I was just like, oh yeah, like I got really healthy, you know? And I remember like going to my wedding dress fitting and they had to take it in a bunch. And, and like the people I was there with, you know, were like, oh my God, you're so thin. We're so jealous. You know, like, like that was the world. And it's just really sad to me that that's what we as women think that that like has to be something to be praised. You know, like I didn't, I didn't have anyone in my life that had enough knowledge to be like, Hey, are you doing okay? You know, like I, like, I just didn't have anyone ask me that. And I now look at people in my life and I'm like, are you doing okay? Like I'm the one now with my knowledge. I know I need to ask you because I see some women that I'm friends with or that I know. And I like see the hints of the HA and, and I can just tell. And I feel like now I have this like responsibility to step in and, and just be like, I'm, I'm here for you. If you need anything, you know, like not, not call them out, but be like, Hey, if, if you're going through anything, like, like I'm here, you know? Cause, cause I wish I like someone had done that for me, but I, I just, love you that. It's <laughs> so, so, I mean, first of all, yeah, it's crazy how you start seeing it everywhere. Um, you, it's almost like you, uh, you realize that you've been walking around like a veil over your face, seeing the world through one particular lens. And now you see the world totally different you see like addiction everywhere and you see, um, you know, people struggling for people that you once saw th as thriving, you see as the total opposite, you see for what it really is. Or, you know, uh, people who, you also see the people in between who, who you think like, oh yeah, they, they have a healthy relationship with something you start to realize that nothing is what it seems. Maybe they don't. And, and for me, the, like what came up or what changed the most was uh, taking everything I see in the world with a grain of salt, like even totally unrelated to HA, like maybe that belief, like what about that belief over there might be skewed and just being able to, to like, trying honestly essentially think for myself has been like the biggest thing well what's my opinion on that like what's my take on that am I just following the am I just being a sheep 
or do I have my own opinion? Do I see this differently? Or is, is this actually real or is this really important? Yeah. I love that you said that, Danny, because it's it's so true. And that's played such a big part in my recovery journey, um, because I remember one of the first things that you had me do when we started working together was you had me start to journal about my beliefs and like certain beliefs I held. And that rocked my world. And I look back at the way I used to view the world and view things And it like genuinely makes me sad that I was led to believe the world was a certain way. And and when I say that, I mean, like, I remember thinking while I was going through all of this, that like anyone who was slightly overweight was, was like weak or like, oh, they don't have the discipline like I do to work out and eat healthy, which is totally baloney. And I see the world so differently today. And and I'm saying this because like, it's not a pretty truth, but it's an honest truth. Like that really is the way I think society presents a lot of things. And I think one of the biggest things for me was, I remember back then thinking people in my life who just like, we'd all go to like a party or a gathering and they would go up to like the food table and just like grab whatever food they wanted. I remember thinking like, oh, look at me, I'm grabbing all the healthy food and like, look at what they're grabbing. And then when I started going through recovery and my mindset really started to shift, I look at those people now and I'm like, I respect the heck out of them. Like, good for you for going and eating the food that your body is telling you it wants to eat. And like, you're a healthy person because you have a healthy mindset around these things. And those are the women too, I noticed who had a healthy menstrual cycle and who could conceive like as soon as they started trying, you know? And so it's, it's just so crazy, like how much the mindset shift has happened throughout this journey. Yeah. And I like, this actually came up in a community call we had actually earlier today. So I almost, this is probably why I'm lingering on this thing that you just talked about, which was like the judgment of others that we used to have. Um, And how I think a big piece of that judgment of others is also what holds us back from, we think if we're judging people, they're also judging us or like, or or obviously if you have this judgment about others, it's true, it's real and it's serious. Um, And so I can't go back because like, look at how I can't go back for seconds because look at what I think about other people who go back for seconds. And, you know, what, what would it be like if you just had like love and trust and um, instead of this, this like mean thoughts, what if you caught yourself and instead thought something loving about that person? Like what you're saying of look at that person and they're awesome relationship with food yeah and I just I just love that I love that you have that perspective now because it just allows you to be a better human being it's cool agreed and thank you and I know we even talked about something similar to this earlier today Danny where we said that um you know I I used to spend so much of my mind's capacity thinking about what am I going to eat next 
What calories have I eaten today? How many do I have left? Am I going to fit an exercise? Should I go for another walk? Like it, it took up so much of my mind during that time. And now I feel like my mind is, is truly at ease. And I was telling you this earlier today, like I'm so much more present with people now. And when I said that you mentioned that, you know, something like that is what can make people so much more drawn to you, you know, like when you're the the ear for them to listen to, and you're that kind voice and you're, you're just that nice person. And I used to think people are drawn to me because of my looks and like my body has to look a certain way for people to like me. And now it's like, people can like me because I'm just like a genuinely nice person that's there to support them. They're like, what a crazy thought. (laughs) Well, and they will. Yeah. Like having a certain body type doesn't straight up doesn't make you like, like how funny. I mean, when's the last time you saw someone who had, who looked a certain way and was like, Oh, I, I like that person. (laughs) <laughs> I know I mean, should, if anything you probably felt threatened by them <laughs> yeah basically that's it's just not how it works like what is it you know I heard this really I heard this thing recently by uh Dr. Arthur Brooks I don't know if you know who that is or if you've heard of him but he researches happiness he had he's talking about a conversation that he was having with someone and it was just so similar to conversations I have all the time about you know what we're really chasing here is happiness and what's what the opposite of happiness is like fear um and he was talking with this high level executive who had like a book out and just you know all of the like tangible check boxes of success but she was so unhappy and he's talking about it with her and like she knew what she wanted to be happy you know time time with family space to work on these certain things but she couldn't let go of like this this company this ceo of this aunt like business that she started and all of these things that like were accolades that she could say about herself and he was like well what why don't you just um let go of some of those things and go and do the thing that you're happy she was quiet for a bit and she thought about it and she said you know what I think I'm just not ready to not be special and it was like wow well yeah you're just holding on to being special and I mean first step is like okay respect to you for acknowledging that's what it is for so many of us that's what it is I'm not willing to let go of having the perfect body because I don't want to be seen as average yep and that was me and I I had said that a long time it's like I just am afraid of having an average body and so and thus I I will hold on to I, I will be unhappy in the pursuit of not having an average body and that's what like blows so many of our minds is that we we eventually get find out that we're having that thought we work against it we eat more food and we gain some weight and like and you know many people also get that you know what what they deem to be that average body and they still find that it's awesome on the other side of that 
Yeah, completely. Yeah, it either like doesn't happen or it does. And they're like, it was worth it. (laughs) It's like, I have love. I have mental space and capacity to do things or care about things or other people listen to other people because I have the emotional energy to care about other people like the it, the whole thing is incredible if we can just you know get over this like need to be special yeah in that, in that mundane way go be special in like a way cooler way <laughs> totally and I love that you said that because that's exactly what this recovery journey has brought me you know so going back to when I was just at like the the tipping point of all of this like I had gotten so thin I like I look back at my wedding photos and they're so beautiful but I look back and I'm like how did no one realize I was a stick like I look back and I'm like I cannot even believe that was me and so when I got into this point of just like crazy exercise crazy under eating being praised for being the healthy one all the time and this being my normal like like you said, my, my mental capacity was just so surrounded by like, I'm special. This is what makes me special. You know, I'm the, I'm the healthy one. I'm the fit one. I'm the one who does everything right, you know, quote unquote. And I look at where I'm at now and I've, I've had to do so much mental work through this journey and I am like truly happy now. You know, and I I know I tell you that when we get on our calls, I'm always like, I'm just happy. Like I'm just a happy person and I feel like myself and I I love myself again and I love others again and it's crazy to me that when I was trying to control my body and how I looked I wasn't even happy back then you know like I I remember the the thinner I got I thought I wanted that but I was still unhappy like I I wasn't truly happy because I was just always in pursuit of something that I think wasn't true inner happiness. It was, it was outward happiness. And, and I always needed like something to get me through that too. You know, I just listened to your episode about addiction with Lindsay. Um, and I hear that because I, you know, back then I remember like, I always needed that next cup of coffee or that next drink or that next, checking myself in the mirror, like, or that next, oh my God, I am so small that these shorts don't even fit anymore. They're too big on me. Like I needed that weird external stimulant from something to like, make me feel good. And now I'm like, I'm just happy, like being myself. (laughs) I love it. So this makes me want to dive into, okay, this is all super positive and roses and like super motivational for a lot of people but let's like take a second to go into um the parts of your of the journey that were tough okay so (laughs) I remember at the beginning when we first met you actually cried a little bit on your very first um on our like discovery call a lot of it I cried the whole time That happens a lot. <laughs> to, uh, these first calls are emotional. And oftentimes it's like the first time anyone's really said out loud what's going on. It was so for They me. find themselves talking and they start crying. And they're like, I don't even know why I'm crying. It's great. But what, what was fascinating about it was, uh, you know, you said like, 
I don't even know if I can do this. Like I'm coming on this call. I don't promise I can even do this. And so I was fully ready for you to like not be able to do this for a while. Um, but you didn't, like you said before, you know, this is what we're going to do and I'm going to execute on the plan. And you did. So that was crazy for starters. What, what made you, if you can even remember how you felt back then, like what made you think that you couldn't do this? Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. So, all right, this is a perfect point to bring bring home the whole, the whole journey I said. So I know that was a lot about the background of what got me to my HA, but I I really wanted to, to give perspective of, of, like I said, like it was very gradual and it became normal to me because so much of society, like tell, told me what I was doing was normal, you know? So hit this point, I'm 25. I've just gotten married. I'm at like the, the very peak of my HA. I'm like the smallest I've ever been. And I decided to get off birth control for the first time in 10 years um, because I'm married now. So I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll get off birth control. And of course I don't get my period. And I call my OBGYN and I say like, Hey, I got off birth control. I don't have a period. And she was like, Oh, nothing to worry about. If you don't have it for three months, then come see us. Obviously didn't get it for three months. So I go into my OBGYN and this is the part that's like really disheartening to me. And, and I actually get like really angry about 
the way women are treated in the medical system, but that's like a soapbox I won't hop on today. But I remember I went to my OBGYN and I get there and they're like, oh, you haven't had a period in three months. You're probably pregnant. And and I'm like, tell like literally at this time, Danny, I'm 30 pounds underweight. (laughs) That is so mortifying. Yes. I'm like 30 pounds underweight. Like I am so stinking thin and they're like, maybe you're pregnant. And I remember being like, I'm not pregnant. And they're like, we'll pee in this cup. And I was like, I peed before I got here. And they like shamed me, Danny. They were like, you haven't had a period in three months and you didn't even think you'd have to come in and pee in a cup. Like, obviously that should have been the first thing on your mind. Like I was shamed. And so I think some of the, I don't know if I can do this even stems from that experience of just being told like, like you're wrong for not having a cycle. You know what I mean? And so I pee in a cup, obviously I'm not pregnant. And she's like, Oh, here's some progesterone, go home and take this for seven days and your period will come back. And as I'm walking out of her office, she goes, and I've been going to this woman for years. So this is why this is like really disheartening to me. As I'm walking out of her office, she goes, Oh, by the way, you're kind of like a fit person. So if your period doesn't come back, the next thing we might look into is the female athlete triad. Bye. Have a great day. And I like go on my way. And that was the first time I'd ever. She even, she knew about red S and she didn't even like in my head, I'm going, Oh, this, she's just like never even heard about how this works, but no, she even had that information. It's crazy to me. So I leave, I take the progesterone. I don't get my period. And that right there though, was the first time I ever had any inclination to what HA could be. Cause I remember I Googled on my phone. I was like female athlete triad. And, and my world was just completely shaken up. I dove into like, Oh my gosh, I have HA. Every single symptom is me. Like this is 100% who I am. And the reason I thought I couldn't recover comes from all this research I do. And I see 2,500 calories a day minimum, stop all exercise. And I just remember thinking, there's no way I can do that. Like I physically can't double the amount of calories plus that I'm eating now and stop working out. Like I'm going to blow up and get huge and no one's going to like me and I won't know who I am anymore. And And so it it was just this fear. It was like, that's not me. I can't do this. And it was probably the first time in my life I ever thought I couldn't do something. And so I go through like months of quasi recovery on my own. And then that's when I was, and I would always listen to your podcast. And then one day I was just like, I, I need to talk to Danny in person. (laughs) Like I, I need help with this, you know? And I think that that's something really big for the HA community is I think as type A women in general, we're not used to asking for help from others. And we're used to like always being able to have the solution and nurture others ourselves. So I think it's really big to have to reach out and say like, I need help with this, you know? Yes, (laughs) it it is. I mean, y'all like there's a reason I don't think anyone has ever gotten on a call with me that like just found me for the first time or like heard my ad for the first time you know (laughs) you find us you listen to every episode 
you have red hot go and you either get your period back on your own and that's freaking awesome or you know you're like let's do this oh. because yeah because we re- you have like a moment like that like you explained where something traumatic happened I think it's really cool that you can link it to like essentially you were made to feel a certain way and it it made you feel like you didn't have what it takes I had the same thing happen in a way I went to the doctor for my missing period and she made me pee in the cup and I, I certainly didn't feel shame about it but I did feel like oh no one is listening yep. I'm telling you I'm not pregnant <laughs> I will have I would have been pregnant for years <laughs> do you know what I'm saying but you know, I'm sure they've had weird things happen. And so I just try to see it from their perspective where I'm sure they've had stranger things have happened and they don't, they don't get it. Right. And, and that's not who this show is for. And that's not what this work is for. It's not for those people who have never had an issue with it. Right. Because we would be those people if we didn't have an issue. So, and we can just not personal it's not about you <sighs> yep let it go <laughs> let it go this is just them they don't get it and it's yeah fun. yeah and they never followed up with me after I never talked to them after that day it had been my OBGYN for years and I never mm-hmm. heard from them and I, I I just I wasn't gonna call them back after that you know I was like I'm taking this into my own hands and so right yeah. so then we had our first call and I sobbed through the entire thing it was the first time I vocalized you know what was going on and that was like a really cathartic release for me too um and so I remember I worked with you for about three months, I want to say. And then I got my period back. I remember ovulating for the first time. Um, and then I lost it again. Yeah. This is important. This is very important. This is, this is the crux of where this all comes together. (laughs) All the realizations I've had. So I lost it again for three more months. Um, and I just ovulated again you know, a second time and got it back again. But the common theme in all of this uh, is that, you know, we were talking about, well, why did I get it the first time? And then it went away and I had gone on vacation. And and I know you mentioned this on the podcast before when I was schmathreen, that was like the funniest thing to me ever. I'm listening to the podcast and I was like, this is me. Well, I'm like, I'm not the best at confidentiality. Because I'm always like, oh my God, I just had this conversation with this person. Like, it's so important that I tell you about this other person's experience. And like, it's really hard for me. Oh, yeah. But good. So now we're out in the open. It was Kathleen. <laughs> it wasn't Schmathleen. Um, Schmathreen, I think. Schmathreen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But no, so this, this was important, right? So it's one thing. And this, this is why... Uh, more often than not I don't like invite someone to tell their story when they just got one period because it's not over yet and there's more (laughs) there's more to learn the longer we wait the more we have to talk about um yeah so you had gotten your cycle and then 
you're like, I'm sweet. I got this. And I was like that too. I was like, you're sweet. You got this. This is going to be great. But then it didn't come. And so we have to start investigating. And so at that point, for me, it's just like questions and questions. And, and it really on the surface sounded like you, like, what do you mean? Like this is, you're doing all the things. There's absolutely no reason you should not have your period coming back we could see that your um you know your temperatures are looking really good you're saying you know that you're feeling really good you, you have a great um self-perception your work you had changed jobs you now have like a way less stressful job like what is happening so we have to dig deep up and that's when we bring it back to okay well when you did get your period what was different and you're like i was on vacation <laughs> oh shit <laughs> because because that's one thing I can't do for any of you guys is put you on vacation permanently I, you know what I mean that's just like so what do, so so then we have to look at the elements of it okay well what about vacation was working and so talk about that yep so that's that's where all of this journey has become like such an epiphany for me um, and it ties back to what I talked about at the beginning of this call with when, you know, I was like the happiest and healthiest in my life is when I never thought about food or, or health or fitness or anything. And that's how it was on this vacation. I was just eating like whatever I wanted when I wanted me and my husband, we were even exercising like more than I, so I cut out all exercise besides walking and light yoga. When I started working with you, Danny, and, you know, really going all in on my HA recovery. Um, and I went on this vacation and we were like hiking all morning. And then we were in this little German town and we would go downtown for the rest of the afternoon together. And we would just get like all the foods, the schnitzel, the Reuben sandwiches, the award-winning pizza, the wings, the garlic knots, like all the beers. I mean, it was just like, just so much fun to eat whatever I wanted. I remember like not even thinking about, is this healthy? Is this not healthy calories? I mean, the thought didn't even cross my mind. And then as soon as I come home from that vacation, I ovulate. So then when I lost my period again for, you know, three months after that, or the second recovery period didn't return and you kind of started to dive into like, okay, what's going on here? You're doing all the right things. You're not exercising, you're eating enough. And you had me do this, uh, questionnaire about like what kind of foods I was eating. And I was, you know, like, well, I'm still someone who likes to be pretty healthy, quote healthy. I eat only like white meat chicken and fish and plant-based meals a lot of the time. And you were like, well, why don't you eat the foods that you had on vacation? And I was like, well, I, I don't eat unhealthy stuff like that. I don't eat Reuben sandwiches and schnitzel on a daily basis. And you were like, what if you just do? <laughs> and that blew my mind. And I, I started doing that literally that night after our call. So it had been three months since I had gotten my first recovery period back. I went and I, it was St. Patrick's day. So I ate like all the corned beef that I wanted to. I made a Reuben out of it the next day. I started really just listening to what I wanted. Like I would wake up and be like, I really want oatmeal with peanut butter and Oreos in it right now. And I remember the thought crossing my mind of 
you can't eat that Kathleen. Like it is 8am on a Tuesday. You can't eat Oreos. And then I remember thinking, well, would Danny tell me to just eat it? And I was like, yeah, she would be like, if that's what you want, eat it. And so I just ate like what I wanted. And I wasn't there like binging and overeating on food, which was always a fear of mine. If I just ate what I wanted, I just listened to what my mind said it wanted, ate it, was full, stopped eating. And then I ovulated again. So I think the moral of all of this is just freaking let go Kathleen and just listen to what your body is telling you it wants. Cause it knows. Mm, yeah. Yes. I'm trying to control everything. It's like, oh, you're you're still trying. There are still things you're trying to control. And and it's it's crazy because we don't see it. Like we and 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 it's fair, right? Because it's like, well, it seems really strange that I should like that eating, you know, these processed things or whatever it is. Um is like the answer and it's I don't even think it is I think it's the control piece like your brain knows that you're trying to control it you're trying to restrict something and there's something happening there that you know we just don't even have like the science to back right but we have the anecdote we have the 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 clear obvious evidence that when we try to control something or like the clear obvious examples of people that when we try to control something too much our brain and our body knows Uh, when we let go and we relax we enjoy life uh, things just kind of fall into place and it's, it's i'm it's curious i'm excited for the next like 10 years of um of just like learning and seeing this happen again and again and again and like learning the patterns because it's really really interesting to me that the like all of the science right to show us like these this way of eating is better and and this way of living and this amount of exercise is better it's like you know just so studies show us like these positive health outcomes were shown but when you like look further down the chain of events that spiral from this reliance on these studies or whatever we see like the true outcome on our mental health and how that plays into our physical health we all just kind of end up back where we started as children, <laughs> like with yes. going back to how we used to eat before any of this was a, a JD problem. I don't think I made any sense just now, but. Oh, you completely did. No, you completely did. I followed that. And, and I agree with you. Like before any of it was a GD problem, you know, we just did what we wanted and listened, listened to our bodies, you know, and I think one of the biggest things for me through all of this is just, it's so funny to me. Like I used to be someone who consumed so much social media, so much, so many podcasts, so many books about the healthy thing, the right thing. Like you said, the best way to eat, this is what you do if you're a woman or this age, or if you want to look like this and blah, blah, blah. And, and look where that got me and just being happy and myself 
And if my husband's like, Hey, I really want to go try this new pizza place tonight. Me just being like, yeah, let's do it. And not giving a second thought to it is what gives me ovulation, you know, (laughs) and, and happiness. Yeah. And I want to touch too a little bit on like, uh, we talked about this earlier today, but the, we, we did already talk about it, like the ability to have the mental space to like care about others and listen to others. But I want to hop on that point too, right? When I, I just remember when we started doing this work, you were like going to parties or you know events and you're like, I just had a good time. I just like, talked to other people and got to know them and this was just such a this was a this was meaningful and I I just want to like learn a little bit more about that and what was life like prior what would going to a barbecue be like before and then what is it like now yeah going to like a social event before would have been, and and I do this a lot. Like me and my husband are really social people. Like every weekend we're doing something and it used to be, which shows how much of my life was consumed by this thought process. I would be going to a social event and it would be like, okay, what's going to be there for food? How much do I eat before I go so that I can eat there? What if we have to get into a bathing suit? What am I going to look like? Everything was so selfish. Everything was so focused around what am I going to look like? What am I going to eat? Me, 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 me. And now it, and the whole time I'd be at the social event, that's what I'd be thinking about. How many calories do I think were just in what I ate? Oh, I can't go up for seconds. Oh my gosh. How do I look in this dress after I just ate? I mean, just bogusness. And now going to a social event is just that it's I get to go hang out with my friends. Oh, there's going to be foods there. I've probably never tried. I get there and I just go eat food that tastes good. And I talk about it with people and I listen to other stories and I sit there and actually take in what they're saying. Cause I'm not thinking about myself the whole time. And I have meaningful life experiences. It's so different. It's so beautiful, honestly. This is what, that's why I just wanted to talk about it because this is really what this is all about, you know, because to bring it to the final point that I wanted to bring up, it's like a, you didn't get into this either because you were trying to get pregnant. And I get this a lot from people who like, it's just so much easier for people when they want to get pregnant. Um, and I'm sure there's some truth to that, right? But there is a bunch of us out here, guys, trying to get our periods back for our health, not just because we want to get pregnant. And there is so much more value to it. And that is not the only like possible motivator that you could have. Like listen to everything that we've talked about today, all the joys and spices of life. And it's so, it's so much more than that. And so I just wanted to let everyone know that that wasn't even a goal for you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And in kind of touching on that to bring back to what I said earlier about, you know, when I said um, people always complimented me when I was thin and, and healthy, quote unquote, and all this. And it really is sad. And I know um, Kirsten had said this too, like 
I don't, I don't get those compliments now. I mean, I'll be just brutally honest. Like when I go places and I've gained a good amount of weight, I, I had to, you know, and, and I feel good. Like I feel good in the body I'm in, but when I go places now, I don't get those compliments anymore. And I used to be in the mental capacity of, I needed that validation from people, I think to be happy. And now that the point I'm at in recovery, what it's brought me is just being happy with myself. Like I go somewhere and I'm like, I don't care that no one complimented how I look. I feel damn good. You know, like that's what recovery has brought me. I really appreciate that you touched on Like, we're not going to sit here and say, oh my gosh, guys, nothing changes. You know, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. There's been bad days, but also too, I just want to, I have to say this, something that's so funny to me is, you know, I, I got like so thin and I thought I had to look this way. And I I've been with my husband for years. We've been together since high school. So he's been with me throughout this whole thing. And never once has this man been one to comment on my body. Like none of this ever came from him. He's the most supportive person in the world. And so I was trying to get like so thin, no idea why. Cause it's not like my husband ever said anything about it. Just programmed to do it. Yeah. From society. And I had this huge fear of gaining weight that I wasn't going to be lovable if I like gained all this weight, you know, back, which is why I thought I couldn't eat the 2,500 calories and I couldn't stop the exercise. And you know what I did? I, I gained a bunch of weight, but it's so funny because my husband now is like, you look so good. Like he's like, he'll make comments that are so supportive. Like he's like, I love that you have like, you know, like more weight on your hips and more weight on your butt. Like, cause that's where my, a lot of my weight goes, you know, and, and, and my stomach too, but, but he like loves it. And so it's so funny to me that this whole time I was like trying to make myself small thinking that's what made me lovable. And then I gained all this weight and the opposite happened. People in my life who love me are like, I still love you, if not even more, you know what I mean? So that's like really funny to me. Yeah, but it's really not that shocking, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. It's like the best thing about men is A, that they have an extremely wide range of what they find attractive majority of the time. Yep. You know, they're just great. And they just want that badonkadonk. They're just very simple creatures. I appreciate that about them. And we're over here overcomplicating everything. Oh! <laughs> and that's what used to kill me too. You know, I, I would like count every calorie I ate during the day. And my husband was just like, I'm going to eat what I want when I want to. And, and it was so simple for him. And I was always like, I can't do that. And it's like, yeah, I can. Life's easy when you do it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. It's vibrant. I always try to really picture it as just being more colorful. It is. Yeah, so cool. Ah, thank you so much. Was there anything that else that was important that do we get at all? I think we got it all. I, I think a big thing I would say um, just to anyone who's still going through recovery is, 
is just like, listen to these stories because that's what got me through. If I had really tough days, I would just go on YouTube and like watch recovery stories. And I would watch people be like, I was so uncomfortable and the discomfort brought me all this happiness that I have now that I'm recovered, you know, which is what I'm trying to say now (laughs) to people. So like, like, it's okay. It's okay to, to not think you can do it or to think it's going to be so hard because I was a hundred percent that person that was like, there's no way I'm going to recover. And I did. So it's, it's possible and you're strong enough to do it. Everyone out there. Yeah. Oh, it's worth it. You so can worth all it. do hard things. It's, it's worth, that's like what did it for me. I had a, I just had an epiphany one day of like, I think that if I do this hard thing, don't know what it is, but some cool shit's on the other side of it. And I it is. just tell, like I could just feel that some cool stuff because I'm looking around at my life right now. I can't tell you what's so great about it. Yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Kathleen, thank you so much for sharing your story with other people. I think it's really going to warm the hearts and fuel the motivation fire under a bunch of people. So I so, so appreciate it. I know that helping others and like doing this type of work is something that is of value to you. So is there anywhere that if people want to just connect with you or chat with you or like let them know or have, sometimes people want to connect with people personally that they hear in these stories. And if they can do that with you, where can they do that? That's a really good question. Um, (laughs) I didn't didn't prep you for. (laughs) That's okay. I don't think I mentioned this in, in my story, but I like almost completely got off social media because of HA and it's been beautiful. Well, maybe they can't reach you then. I was going to say, yeah, I don't really have anywhere right now. This is what I'm going to say. If anyone wants to talk to Kathleen, let me know. And I'll introduce you to via email. Yes, 100%. I would be happy to talk to anyone through email. That would be amazing. Thank you, Danny. Of course. That's the community, guys. Everyone band together. Let's get through this. (laughs) Yes, the community. uh, Such a help. Like like I said, it is okay to reach out and ask for help. It is okay. It brings so much joy, the community. So thank you, Danny. I appreciate you so much. Of course. that you're not on social media (laughs) I love that okay have a great day thank you for joining us and everyone else we'll see you guys next week bye hey there it's me Danny and I want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. 
And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100 percent dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my 
favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.